Hi, this is Emily Mendez Stadion, and you're listening to PDU's podcast. It's been a while, but we're back with a brand new podcast, and I already have a few more lined up, so keep looking for us. Today, I speak with two leading members of European Horizons, an American-based student think tank that's already catching the attention of EU policymakers. What is European Horizons? European Horizons is a nonpartisan student think tank based in the United States that aims to spread the knowledge about European Union, to be a discussion platform concerning European Union as well as transatlantic affairs among uh, mainly university students in the United States. But we hope to engage in discussion with people who are very much interested in the topic in, Euro- in Europe and around the world as well. Today, we are profiling European Horizons, an ambitious think tank founded this past school year at Yale College. It organizes a European student conference every year, publishes the journal Review of European and Transatlantic Affairs, and maintains 15 chapters at universities across the United States. You just heard from... Olga Karnas. I am a rising senior at Yale College. Originally, I come from southern Poland. Beginning in the fall, I am the executive director of European Horizons, one of the two executive directors of the think tank. Olga has been involved with European Horizons since the beginning. Unlike every big project, European Horizons began with an idea. Here's Igor, European Horizons founder. My name is Igor. I was born in Vienna, Austria, and um, I came to the United States for my college education when I was 19. Started to do um, a bachelor's degree at Yale, and um, very soon specialized in political science and global affairs. And um, while I was always active in the European community at Yale, um, I realized at one point that there was so much potential loss because of um, an inadequacy of the European dialogue at Yale and at other American colleges, meaning that we just didn't talk about Europe enough. And I realized that that was a big um, deficit, um, that um, we all had a lot of things to say, lots of creativity to offer, um, resources available, and yet we didn't use them to the benefit of the European Union. So together with some friends, I gathered in 2013, right? And we decided to do something about it. Um, and well, then we had the idea of organizing a conference. Pretty much afterwards, we step by step developed the idea of a European student conference, a conference that should become the, um, the starting point of a new think tank. Um, we applied for funding in Brussels, um, built up the team, Um, and eventually realized the project. All activities of European Horizons, including the European Student Conference, take place in the United States. Igor tells me that this isn't as strange as it might sound. So I think America has historically had a uh, very crucial influence on the European project. So um, 
that is twofold. It either comes from Americans per se, from the American government, from American business, from American leaders, but it also comes from Europeans who have exposure to America. So if we look at the founding history of the European Union, there is one person who was very um, instrumental, and that was Jean Monnet, a French citizen who really believed in the idea of a European Union. Jean Monnet was living in America for a couple of years before he returned to Europe um, to help realize the Marshall Plan and, and basically build up the European Union. He was an advisor to an American president. He spent some of his childhood in America. So clearly, he used America as an inspirational model for Europe. But if you look at the United States, right, it's also a union of states. The union of states are quite different from each other. I mean, granted, all of the states speak English primarily, but at the end of the day, we do have local identities here in the United States as well. So I do think that there are um, interesting lessons that we can draw from one another. We still want to find independent solutions for the European Union. We cannot just copy another model. But that said, another model can always serve us for inspiration and for some policies as well. The American experience hasn't only influenced important Europeans in the past, but being across an ocean also gives participants a different perspective on the European project in the present. European horizons, um, as we say, we believe that big, great things are sometimes best viewed from a distance, and that's why for us, for us who spend most of our time across the Atlantic, we see Europe on the horizon from a sort of distance. And at the same time, a lot of us come from there, so we want to stay connected to it, and we very much believe in uh, the project of European integration, which is which is why we don't want to uh, lose sight of it, and we are very passionate about um, about European Union. Plus, participation by Americans who don't have strong ties to Europe is an important part of the project. Um, for European Union Conference last year, I was the participant coordinator, so I devised the entire process of admitting students. And obviously our space was limited because we were able to fund travel and accommodation for students at the conference. And we only had 80 spots. And we had over 300 applicants for those very limited spots from many, many universities. At the end of the day, we had 80 students from 46 universities and almost half of them, over 30 of them, were American. Wow. And very many were American Americans who had little exposure, little prior exposure to Europe in terms of their personal lives. Their interest in Europe was much more academic, much more, uh, I would say, just something they developed during their lives or than something that was, you know, they weren't, um, they could have chosen any other topic to be passionate about. They chose to be passionate about European affairs, and those students have proven to be very successful uh, at the conference. They were very much engaged, and many of them, actually, they're the ones that are at the forefront of leading the, um, the think tanks 
for European Horizons, our Georgia Tech chapter president is American, our um, Columbia president, chapter president is American, and I can just give you more and more examples of people who uh, who have had little, you know, who didn't, for whom Europe was a, a choice, not to say a random choice, but, you know, they could have been the Americans who were interested in Asia or South Asia. There's, there's plenty of those. Um, they chose Europe, and we, we are very happy to have them on board and to have their opinions. They aren't focused exclusively on transatlantic issues either. In fact, their policy interests cover a wide range of topics. Immigration in the Mediterranean, mobility economy, um, entrepreneurship in Europe, the TTIP, confidence in, in, in all things European, democratic deficits, and questions of European identity and solidarity. How and where are these topics discussed? Olga explains the process, from the pre-conference stage to publication in European Horizons Journal. The, the way it looks is that, well, every student that's admitted to the conference is admitted into a specific workshop. That's why they put down the three, the, their three top preferences and the final choice is within the committee that admits them, right? So the students know in advance what specific topic they're going to be working on. Now they will work, they work with their, they have worked and will work in the next edition with their workshop coordinator on very specific subtopics. So there will be subtopics for identity or migration. And they do, in smaller groups of two or three or four, they do prepare materials, read papers, put down their thoughts and opinions before the conference. And then they confront those with policymakers and professors during the conference. So the paper you can see in the May edition of our journal is, is the outcome of a joint effort of the workshop coordinator, particular uh, workshop participants. And there is always feedback from policymakers and professors. So it's a joint effort where ideas are exchanged and confronted. Igor graduated from Yale this year, but he hopes that he will carry the lessons and connections from this project into the future. So I hope that European Horizons will increase, will have more and more chapters throughout the United States, and will really instigate a discourse about the European Union and transatlantic ties at American colleges. I also hope that people who then involved themselves in European Horizons and graduates from college will join our future alumni network and will continue to carry forward the visions that we together discussed and agreed upon here in the United States so that at the end we can actually have an impact on Europe wherever we end up. Olga, who will serve as one of two executive directors this coming year, also has ambitions for the project. At the same time, if you ask me about my ambitions just in general, well, I think the biggest one is greater recognition of European horizons, both in the United States and uh, just to be completely frank in Brussels, because that's where uh, that's where we invite the guests for our conference. That's where, you know, that, that that's where our ambitions very much lie to, to 
have that very strong link to where the, the heart of European Union beats. And so I think that that's, that's our, that's our greatest ambition. Uh, the second greatest one of the same importance is obviously to develop our network of chapters. Not necessarily in terms of quantity of chapters. We're not after numbers. We're after finding people who are truly passionate about the European project and who really want to actively contribute to it by writing, discussing, organizing events. And that's very much, that's something we're very much on track with. And we're definitely, that's definitely going to continue. Um, more ambitions for European Horizons? Um, I think I would add chapter. I, I don't. I think those are pretty big goals right there. Yeah, that already sounds like quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I can. I can come up with something else without sounding sounding very arrogant. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I'm there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That was Igor Mitchka and Olga Karnis of European Horizons. You can learn more about their project www.europeanhorizons.org. We'll link to it from our website, democraticunion.eu. I'm Emily Mendes-Dalian. Thanks for listening.